and welcome to episode seven of Nick and John is this Evangelion, an yeah. Evangelion rewatch podcast. I'm John. I'm Nick. And we watch Evangelion. That's we what do. we do. Yeah. Nothing else. That's all we need to do. Sometimes it's punishing. <laughs> today, very rewarding. Yeah, good one today. I have some bold words, which I will save for the end of the episode. Oh, okay, wow. But I very much enjoyed this installment. Yep. Now, we were just going over this off air. Uh, it's a little bit confusing because this is episode eight of our podcast. Yeah. It is, however, episode seven of the show. Of show. So to, because we did that little kind of break where we reviewed the first movie. Yes. So to keep the synchronicity going, we'll actually call this episode seven. Yeah. I think it's easier because then you can, at a glance, see which episode of Evangelion you should watch if you're, if you're listening to our podcast and re-watching the show. Yeah, that'll just get really confusing, actually. And yeah, if, if we're one episode out and then we'll be two episodes out and we watch 2.2, it's going to be a mess. Besides, the the playlist arrangement on the site keeps it all in order anyway, so yeah. you're not going to... You know, you know, yeah. So if we... Basically... You always know that the episode of our podcast is always going to be the same as the episode number of the actual episode. So we will call our film ones 1.11 and 2.22. And we know that people are listening and caring, yeah. which is nice. And yeah, we have we had feedback, feedback, which yeah. is lovely. Yeah. You know, you get a bit of momentum behind you. Send in some fan mail, you know. <laughs> you know, never has this, this anime from 20 years ago seemed more relevant than when we made a podcast about we, it. We made the podcast. I know. You're welcome. Yeah. We're bringing yeah. it back. <laughs> Bringing Evangelion back for the kids. For the people. Yeah. For a whole new generation of miserable kids. <laughs> um, we both made... Well, we had preconceptions. I thought I knew what this episode was. I thought I knew what this episode was as well. I'm really confused because I remember... I, I'm sure I have a memory of whenever I would show Evangelion to people, I would take this disc out and I would play them episode seven, confidently thinking it was the introduction of Unit 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, but obviously I was not because it is, that is not this episode no no um, so I don't know where that we, came from when we, uh, when we signed off after watching the first movie 1.11 we were convinced that we were now going to have the introdu- introduction of Asuka yeah like we we were pretty certain actually I, I was yeah I'd have bet my life on it instead one. we got a completely standalone episode standalone oh I didn't even realise uh which is often referred to as one of the hidden gems. Yes, of the and in series. fact, the instant we saw uh, what reminded <laughs> yeah. us of this, we we're like, "Oh yeah, oh, what yeah, a great episode!" Amazing. Yeah, yeah. I and I remember it. loving this one, and I remember watching this way back with my brother when we were watching it, uh, you know, as yeah. teens. And uh, this was another one we'd always go back to. We'd yeah. always reload this episode and we'd watch it. So maybe, maybe that's where the memories got confused because I have a few episodes of this series that yeah. I would always rewatch, and obviously this is one of them. And so I've obviously got seven confused with that. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. So anyway, it's a good one. Uh, so uh, what? Uh, well, what's what's it about, Nick? Yeah. Well, John, um, it opens in Gendo Akari's office. Yes. His, uh... his bizarre, expansive, uh, red. Office. Sinister overmind of nerve. Yeah, definitely a villain. Definitely a villain sort of office. We've, we've mentioned it before. And, uh, and he's on the phone and he's chatting about budgets, mm. it seems. It's, um, it's very kind of like covert. It's, it's very, you don't know what he's talking about. No, and it's, it's one of those kind of blinking, you miss it kind of things where it's all kind of like, as you say, like budget and government intrigue. Yeah, and, and as much uh, as maybe if we really paid attention to everything that he said, we might maybe glean some sort of weird insight to the workings of Nerve and some nuggets for the future. I don't think that was really intended. It was all kind of smoke and mirrors to say, oh, it's just admin. And then a bit of paper crosses his yeah. desk and we see a blueprint. But I think like it was kind of saying something like it's going ahead yeah. or something like that. Or this thing we've been talking about is going to happen. It's basically foreshadowing of obviously there's a plan. Yeah. Yeah. Or, I th- or was he kind of referring to the 
a particular episode? Like what was going on in this episode or? Well, yeah, uh, I I think it's a bit of both. Could be it was a bit it was a bit ambiguous. Yeah, it yeah. is a bit ambiguous. But really all that matters is the image that then goes across the desk that he's looking at. Yeah. Which seems to be, and of course we knew it was, uh, an image of another robot. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and that that's how the episode opens and the title card comes up and the title of this episode is A Human Creation. Or then, then it's also titled as a human work. Yeah, there's well. like two title cards for some reason. Yeah, I'm... looking at the official uh, episode list, it's it's listed on the wiki as a human work. Okay, well we can. Yeah, fine. So. Yeah, I uh, I got the impression that like because there were like these kind of covert. He was reading a folder, and there was like these covert kind of photos of something, or maybe like a spy of his. Had yes. been kind of like reporting. It did or seem like a yeah. like a sort of microfilm photo, didn't it? Yeah, like very underhanded and yes, yeah, so he was he was getting blueprints and images of something that he probably normally corporate intrigue wise wouldn't have had access to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but of course this is Gendo. He has access to everything he wants. But then we go from kind of like Machiavellian Bond villain Bond villain <laughs> kind of plotting yeah. to the apartment. Hey Shinji, and the happy Misato. apartment music. It's like I'm it's like I'm there. Uh, Shinji uh, is eating toast. <laughs> yep, with Pen Pen. Pen Pen is eating fish. Yep, from a dog bowl. Yep. Even though he could read newspapers, we still make him eat off the floor. Yep, like an animal. Yeah, because well, he is an animal. animal. Yeah, and he should know it. He should be reminded every day. <laughs> uh, got happy music playing. They're eating breakfast. It's all synchronized. It's very cutesy. Yeah. Masaya comes in, and you're not going to believe it, Nick. She's dressed like a slob. What? And how does she start the day? She starts the day with a beard, John. She's, she, she, but not just a beard. She starts the day with a specific animation. I mean, maybe I start the day with a specific animation. I don't know. Yeah. But it's that one we've talked about before. It's, uh, uh, well, how many times have we seen it now? We saw it in the original episode. Yeah. We saw it in the movie. Yeah. So we've already seen it twice. I Lovingly think. recreated in the movie. Oh, God. I mean, it's, it was actually redrawn in the movie. Yeah. But it was still the exact same animation. Factually accurate. For those who don't remember, it's the animation of her taking a sip from a, a, a newly cracked open beer. Yeah. And then sort of her face becomes incredibly close to the camera and she does this, mm, ah, sort of like, I'm enjoying this so much, but also it's kind of like, I don't know. It's the most bizarre human gesture you've ever witness no i don't think yeah. anyone has ever cracked a beer or enjoyed it as much as she's no, it's, apparently it's like enjoying she's taken it. a toke of a drug or something like it's yeah it really seems to hit her like there's this big hit from just some lager i don't know what lager she's drinking what percentage that is well but it's potent uh i did notice on the side of the can mm. while it did have a lot of japanese text it also had a few english words oh and i think it was the equivalent of like special brew it so, was, so it's like a what, four percent, three or four percent lager of some kind. I remember I read uh, Eric Clapton's biography at the insistence of my friend Titch, who was a massive Eric Clapton fan. That's right. a story for another day because Eric Clapton's done some horrible things in his life. Really, really, yeah, really messed up stuff. Yeah. But it's like at the height of his kind of like alcoholism and drug abuse, he said he'd start the day with a can of special brew, but then every time he took a sip, he'd top it up with vodka. And so th- by the end, it was just all vodka. I think by the end of the day, the ratio had definitely shifted towards being... <laughs> maybe wow. that's how Masata rolls. I, maybe I, it I, is, I, I but she'd only just freshly cracked that can, so unless she's injecting them somehow with vodka, which she might be. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, we've got that classic bit of animation, which some people say maybe is the lifeblood of Evangelion. I disagree. Um, and then there's a bit of dialogue about how much of a slob she is. Yes. Um, and... Yeah, like Shinji makes some dig about the fact that like there's no plans for dinner, no one's done the washing up. I've got to say, while it's a bit, of, the apartment scenes are always very odd. They're always, they they're are always quite jarring. A bit jarring, yeah. But I've got to say, like as kind of cutesy as this scene is, 
it wasn't as bad as some. Like to be brutally honest, it was. I I didn't mind it in this one yeah. because of the humanity. Yeah. Like Shinji was displaying someone who, although still maybe a bit stuck up in comparison to Misato, that contrast was played well. Yeah. Um, but he also seemed content. Like it's just, oh, this is Misato. I you know. Say it was. It was a well in general a well written episode, but yeah, actually was, yeah. like a funny episode. Yeah. Like, I was actually surprised at how. We'll touch actually a little bit later on some of the humour in it, but but yeah, there yeah. certainly is. Some. It's not like a series really known for humour at all, but no, like no. they're like this is this odd couple, and Shinji's just saying, like, yeah, it was exactly you're, like you're that. a massive slob, and you know whose job was it to cook food today? Yeah, you know, mm, I think it was yours, you know, and he's just giving a grief saying like, you know, no wonder you're single, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. you are such a, a slob, it's disgusting. Yeah, and I think well, one thing we mentioned at this point, realizing of course that it was the, the episode that it was. Uh, we were like, this is a standalone episode, as you also said earlier. And that works really well. It does. Like Monster of the Week style. This is just a story, an event, a happening at Nerve in the in the politics of, of you know, yeah. the apocalyptic world. And, and it is, it, there should be more of these. No, it's, <laughs> it's really it's astonishingly good, actually. And um, But there's also like a slight story gimmick in that uh, Shinji's kind of parents' evening yes. at school. And, Masa- and Masato being his kind of surrogate parent here. Is the one who shows up. She's going to come. Uh, and he's like, you're going to come? You're actually going to come? I thought you were too busy. And she's yeah. like, no, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm, it's my job. Yeah. I, have to, I have to come. And he's like, oh, it's, it's your job? Yeah. It was like a little moment like that. Yeah, there was, wasn't there? That's true. Which, yeah. but, but then you get a payoff later, which is yes. good. Yeah, this yeah. is good character building. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then Toji and uh, Kengsuke. Yeah, so we, we cut to being at school. It's, I guess it's probably the end of the school day. Yeah, we go to school and the boys are basically all just kind of like, they're so jealous of Shinji that he gets to live with Misato. So yeah. Like, oh, she's so beautiful. Like, I wish you were my girlfriend. And and she rocks up in a sports car in the car park outside the school. Very glamorous. Very, and... Yeah, very short skirt, sort of glamorous, gets out the car and all the the boys are going wild looking out their window at her. Seems to be a public secret that she is the commander of Yeah, the Nerve. operations director of Nerve, yeah. But they're saying, like, it's amazing. She's the complete package. She's young. She's successful. She's beautiful. Uh, she heads, you know, this massive... Secret organisation. Uh, secret organisation, <laughs> which is uh, kind of battling other dimensional beings. Uh, you know, she's got a nice car. Wait, what was, what was that previous what point? Was point four? Uh, <laughs> uh, successful, you know, uh, glamorous. You know, it's not... It's yeah. bizarre, yeah. Um, but sort of that's just played as they think she's great and Shinji's sort of there in the background of all the, the boys like ogling her, just going, you don't know what going on. Yeah, you'd have to live is. with her. She's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, then, then we cut to nerve. Cut to nerve and suddenly... Yeah, it's uh, just sort of day job, kind of like Shinji's just doing some tests in unit one. Well, they're kind of, they're riding that weird elevator, aren't they? We, we, we see him background. in cockpit first. Oh, you do, don't you? And he you? just says yeah. they're doing some sort of like cooling test or something. And he says something like, I don't understand why I feel so comfortable here. It smells of blood and it feels so familiar. And he says, like, and I know nothing about the Evers. And I know nothing about the Evers. And that sort of leads us into then a sort of discussion between him, Masato and Ritsuko yeah. um, about a second impact. Yeah. And uh, well, there's also like a, a very, there's a scene where we, we joked about it being like another animation budget like saving yeah. yeah but like there's a scene where uh shinji and uh ritsuko and like a couple of just, technicians i think or yeah they're just yeah. riding this elevator for the longest time but they're saying stuff like how's unit zero doing yeah because it was damaged of course. yeah because it's a direct you know from the and, and we see like uh ramiel oh the yeah dead the, angel the, the dead carcass being disassembled, disassembled which is kind of yeah. cool and they say stuff oh, like, they talk about budgets again here don't yeah because they? Yeah. they say like um i can't believe they're not giving us enough money you know, we're so underfunded. It's so expensive yeah. to dismantle the angels and stuff. Yeah. And they're saying like, well, where's the, where's 
director what's his title gendo is he the yeah, director, director yeah. I think, yeah where's the director he said oh he's on a business trip and we're like well at least we'll get some peace and quiet for a few days yeah yeah then before we talk about second impact if i've got this right in my head we have a little cutaway to where gendo is yes yes you're right and he's on a plane he is and he's talking to who we think might be but it's never actually said out right yeah a chinese representative slash delegate yeah because like nerve has bases in like all the major surviving com- countries after yeah. Second Impact. And it seems like Nerve slash Gendo are doing everything they can to convince every single country to build Avers. Yes. And I think this is basically because of budget. So the idea is, is that Tokyo slash Japan's budget isn't big enough to build all the Avers they need. Yeah. For whether it's instrumentality or just defending the air. Because it, it's interesting because it's never, it hasn't been said yet in the main series. And we know this because we've been, we've kind of seen the whole series and we've read around it and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But post Second Impact, this kind of big apocalyptic event, the United Nations kind of emerged as the the leading world government. Yeah, yeah. Every country still has its own government. Yeah. But they very much work in union. Yeah. And like the whole world is aware of the the angels. Yeah. Um, And, but. You know, certain things are withheld from the public. But it's interesting that, like, they appear to know that nerve is utterly vital. Yeah. There appear to be branches of nerve in every country. Yeah. And they're all contributing to the budget. And they're all making AVAs. Like, yes. It seems that Gendo is sending designs or requests for specific AVA numbers to be manufactured yeah. in different countries. And also it's interesting that, like, because the Sinister mm. organization that seems to control the UN... Um, and nerve. And ner- yes, indeed, nerve seem to know obviously the importance of nerve. Yeah, but it seems to be a bit of a conflict in yes. that uh, money is being diverted from traditional military, yeah, and governmental purposes. And as we find nerve. out, some other stuff as well. Money is seriously being moved around for nerve. Yes, yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah, and and like the guy, this you know, it's this big empty suborbital like yeah plane. plane yeah and gendo's the only person in it and then this guy comes chinese and says, fella may yeah. i take this seat and just sits next to him and says um like all the countries bar america have voted for the creation of eva unit six yes that's right yeah but then he says something to the effective but we will build unit eight yes yeah because he says like they're trying to work on unit six the u.s are against it but they will eventually cave yeah and my country is working on Unit Eight, yeah, which so we, is why we thought he was China. We thought he might be China, yeah, because yeah, he'd have to be it'd have to be a big enough economy to single handedly fund an Ava. But it's interesting that, like, despite them all being from different countries, Nerve, regardless of where what country they appear to be in, appear to be utterly loyal to Nerve, yeah, true. rather than their kind of country yeah, allegiances. That's yeah. very true. So we've got weird insight there into how like post-apocalyptic geopolitics seem to be functioning. And as an odd little thing, uh, before I forget, when they're in that plane, you get an aerial view... Of the plane. Or also of the damage done to the planet. Oh, that's true. Because you yeah. see the impact site yes, from do. Second Impact, yeah, which is yeah. uh, like a big, swirling, almost like black hole in the side of the planet. Really. Yeah, yeah. Um, and actually, that's a perfect segue then, which is back to Nerve. And it's now just Shinji, Masato, and Ritsuko on another elevator. This time, not just silhouetted. <laughs> Actually drawn. Actually drawn, yeah. Um, again, travelling through some vast expanse of the Nerve headquarters that we never really know. I'd love someone to draw the internal layout of Nerve, because I think it would just be a honeycomb of wasted foyers. <laughs> In fact, that's the name of my... Uh, Your autobiography. Of my autobiography. <laughs> a honeycomb of wasted foyers. Nick Angel. 
Very poetic. Yeah, it is, isn't yeah. it? I can't believe I uh, just came out with that. <laughs> That's a win. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, and uh, it's brought up and mentioned that what everyone is told publicly about Second Impact, which is that it's a meteorite impact, yes. uh, is a lie. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, that is a veil pulled over the public's eyes. And in actual fact, it was the discovery of the first angel in Antarctica, yes. which, as Ritsuko says, exploded for some reason. They just say for some... They have no idea yeah. why, <laughs> apparently. Yeah. Uh, but, but it's interesting because for what we've both said was kind of like a standalone episode, we arguably get more world building yeah. than we've had in the entire series Which, again, so is a far. really good way of doing storytelling. You do, like, Monsters of the Week-style episodes, but the in-between sort of knitting segments of those stories are adding a little bit yeah. more tidbits to the lore. That's brilliant. It's crazy. That's, this, is, this is like storytelling 101. It's fantastic. Because it, it seems <laughs> as though, like, maybe Shinji's been there long enough now that they can trust to talk. Yeah, it's almost like his stuff. clearance has come through where they're like, well, look, you're kind of invested now, so we're going to tell you a bit more. Yeah, exactly. But all, all throughout this conversation where Mitsuko is talking quite like openly about all this all this stuff, and Shinji's quite interested, obviously, in it, uh, Misato looks very distant mm. and sort of upset. And knowing what we already know, uh, which we won't necessarily go into just yet, uh, that is quite interesting. Mm. Um, and Mitsuko mentioned something at the end of the conversation, like, uh, you know, are you all set or whatever? And she's sort of distracted, isn't she? But she also says an interesting thing, which is um, she, basically she tells Shinji that, you know, second impact was when this angel just blew up. Mm. And she said, our mission, Nerve's sole mission, is to prevent this happening Third again. Impact. Yeah. Now, it's interesting because she's an unreliable narrator. Yeah. But we don't know if that's what she believes, if that's just what she's telling Shinji. We don't yeah. know if that's what Misato knows or believes as well. I feel like Ritsuko, and this may just be I, me speculating because I don't remember the details, but I always feel like she has Gendo's ear. Yes. And vice versa. And, and certainly I think there's even potentially an affair going on there. There's some events. Uh, yes, indeed. And there's yeah. some events later in, the, uh, later in this episode even where we yeah. would lead we you to that believe that Misato is not in the loop. Absolutely. She doesn't know entirely yeah. and, what's and happening. And Ritsuko seems to almost informationally outrank Misato. Yeah. Because all Misato needs to know is what she needs to know to fight on the front line. Yeah. But Ritsuko is is privy to information of a much higher tier. Yeah. Um, and certainly so, therefore, whatever she's saying about second impact and, oh, yeah, the first angel exploded for some reason. Maybe she knows. Mm-hmm. Uh, she certainly knows a lot more than Misato, I think. But then we go from there to back to the apartment. Yep. Uh, and we get a juxtaposition where yeah. it's the morning, uh, Shinji's eating toast. Exact same piece of animation. It's just Shinji the same animation, campaign. basically. Yeah. But then the door opens and Masato steps out. Yeah. Only now... She's not a slob. She is in full like military... Business Dress military. uniform. Yeah, yeah dress like, uniform. Yeah. yeah, exactly, yeah. Like utterly smart, utterly businesslike. And she's not cracking beers or anything. And she just goes... She looks very solemn, actually. She goes, I'll be back late will order takeout. Yeah. And just goes. Yeah. And Shinji's like, Bruh. Shinji's like, yeah. <laughs> Which is played for laughs and quite effectively. Yeah. He's just like, oh, oh and Pen Pen. Yeah. Pen Pen's Pen eyes are just Bruh. huge. Yeah, like, then, neither of them can believe it. And this fish just falls out of his mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and then we get some more world building because we see um, they're flying in like a helicopter. Yes. Over a partially submerged city. Yes. Because they have and, to go to old Tokyo. Yeah, and 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 uh, Misato says something to the effect of, "I can't believe this used to be the capital of Tokyo." Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, it's just all submerged skyscrapers. So, things. did I kind of get the impression that like where they're going, which is this kind of like uh, big industrial kind of testing facility, like yeah. really, really big, almost like an air, you know, like a runway, like it's just yeah. massive, just flat in all Out directions. Out of nowhere, yeah. Do you get the impression they built it? 
by the ruins of old Tokyo because it's kind of like abandoned and, There's and no one safe. There. Yeah, I, I feel like that's probably what they're going for. Yeah, and it was also an opportunity for them to say and show how devastated and empty parts of the world are now. It's pretty cool, again, very effective. And they say stuff like uh, in the in the ride over, they say like because um, they're go- they're clearly going to something important. Yeah, but they mention the military because uh, Japan doesn't have an army. There's the strategic self defense force. Yeah. yeah, and they say like. They're annoyed because they're being cut out of the loop, yeah. basically, because all the government's going straight to nerve. Mm. And so I got the impression that like they've put their backing behind this other project, well, which is whatever we whatever it see. is. Yeah, yeah. And again, it's a very funny moment because it cuts to like a corporate presentation. Yeah, and it's like a like Japan heavy industrial chemical incorporated. I'm happy to announce our newest product. Yeah. And you see like a shot of a conference room and there's all these big circular tables and they're all absolutely crowded with delegates and there's one table in the middle. Which is obviously the nerve table. The nerve table. There's only two people. It's Ritsuko and Misato and they are just like utterly alone but in the middle of the room. their table is right in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> so all these other tables surrounding them are full of people and then there's just this completely empty table in the middle. Because like it turns out they don't like nerve. No. Nobody likes nerve. And no one was invited except for the, the, yeah. the bare necessities of who is required to be there so they start this presentation and a, represent- a representative from the company is like we're very happy to have you all here we can't wait to show off our new product and then Ritsuko skanks up yeah they basically say like this is just a question and answer session and we'll show you a, a demonstration of it in a uh, special command centre uh, after these question and answers and then as you say Ritsuko stands up and uh, and asks a question and, yeah uh, what does she say she she basically gets right to it and he says yeah, um, doesn't mess around well she's, he says like well it's an honour to have a question from you the, the world famous Dr. Yeah, Dr. Ritsuko, Ritsuko Akagi, Akagi, yeah. and uh, she says well look I'm just going to cut get cut straight to it is it not very dangerous to have a nuclear reactor, reactor? In a, in a yeah in a robot designed for hand to hand combat yeah <laughs> and he goes well you know it gives you 150 days consecutive power which is better than five minutes yeah a bit of a dig yeah and and uh, and also um, you know it, what we've built is remote controlled uh, it's very reliable it doesn't cause massive mental trauma to children to children yeah it's yeah. like oh well, keeps coming back with like things but like all of his points are kind of like oh yeah, yeah, and we're all like, yeah, he's kind of making a good yeah, point. Yeah, he's winning this fight, and then... Yeah, he drops a bit of a sexist bomb at the end. Yeah, he goes he like, well, it's like, your robots go go out of control all the time. <laughs> a bit like a woman. Just, and everyone goes, oh, <laughs> like, oh. Yeah, Mitsuke's like... He also drops a... But, you know, and aside from that, because we were kind of like, oh, dude, you were winning the argument. Didn't, yeah, you didn't need to go your there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, But uh, he dropped a couple of interesting truth bombs. Yes, about money. Yes, because he said... He said basically, like, we're not getting any money. And also, people are starving around the world because, because all the money is going to nerve. Yeah, so how, how do you sleep at night with what your company is doing? Yeah. And Ritsuko comes back with something like, we are the only ones who have a weapon that can defeat the angels. So anything is... Yeah, it, it, that, that, yeah. That makes everything okay. But he basically goes like, we only have your word for that. Yeah. Because you have the protection of the government and the UN and Sile. We are not told anything. But then he does say... A what? The AT field. Which surprises mm. everyone, because like, how on earth does he know about that? Yeah. Um, and then, of course, it cuts to them in a sort of like, 
their own little debriefing room, Ritsuke and, and Misato. Yes. And Misato's very angry and she's kicking a locker in. We both come across as psychopaths in our <laughs> own way because Misato is kicking living hell out of a locker. She's like, who does he think he is? That SOB. He's so yeah. jumped up and full of himself. And then we just cut to uh, Ritsuko burning this dossier. Yeah, about Jetalone. Yeah. And it's like, you know, just this slightly manic look in her eyes. Like, yeah, there's fire like light on her face, like uplit. Um, but they do mention that it's weird that they were able to find out about the AT field. Mm. So obviously there are some things that Nerve is thinking they're keeping secret and yeah. are failing at. So the corporate espionage goes both ways here because Gendo knew about Jetalone, but obviously also uh, Jetalone knew about the AT field, yes. which is interesting. So then we cut to a kind of viewing facility, a bit like yes. Nerve's command centre. Yeah, a, a tiny bit. bit. Yeah, less technologically advanced. Yes, indeed. Uh, and they are looking at a very tall building, the only building in the middle of this great empty field. Uh, which is a bit like uh, a bit like a kind of Cape Canaveral, yes, it's like the building that might house a, a rocket, yeah. yeah. And it opens, and it kind of splits down the middle and opens, yeah, revealing a giant robot, yeah, but of a very different style of design, yeah, completely different design, yeah. Uh, and it is called Jet Alone, yeah, and uh, it's kind of adorable. It is. It. Um. I remember. I remember always thinking that it's funny how they've deliberately designed it to look less cool than the Avers. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's got it's got its own sort of charm about it in terms yeah. of like how it looks. And um, it's got a very... It doesn't really have a head mm-hmm. and a torso. It's more got this big, bulky torso thing that the arms yeah. sort of come out the side of. No head as such. No. But it's got like a weird... It could be a grill. It could be or a... Or like a viewing glass. Of but it ends kind. up looking like a mouth. It yeah, has it like does, a kind yeah. of like a, a weird... Toothy gr- grin. grin. Like, a, like a Totoro grin. And it's got great big kind of Fluffy wobbly arms. segmented arms. And... Uh, it makes me think of the Omnidroid from The Incredibles. Yes, actually. Yeah, but not, yeah. not as obviously three-legged. Yeah, like a humanoid version yeah, of that. Yeah, a humanoid version of that, yeah. And basically they go and launch and it starts... Yeah, take one oh, step. But then... kind of cool because it has a nuclear reactor. Oh, these yeah. massive carbon rogs come all out of its back. Yeah. So it just has all these kind of spikes coming out the top. And then it goes. And, and then it starts walking. moving, yeah. And they're yeah. like, and Misato's like, oh, it actually walked. That's, That's kind, kind of, of impressive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, uh... And meanwhile, Ritsuko is now very quiet. Mm. Um, uh, and she's sort of watching the test with some sort of silent confidence, uh, which is a bit suspicious. Um, uh, and then, almost immediately, something goes wrong. Yes. Uh, and all the guys in the control room start saying things like, uh, the temperature fluctuations are, it's rising, uh, it's uh, it, it's out of control. Yeah, they go, quick, shut it down. Quick, shut it down, um, but none of the shutdown commands it's projecting. work. Yeah. yeah. And, and bizarrely, th- this chain reaction, which is clearly happening, just means it keeps walking. Yeah. <laughs> and it's walking towards the control room yeah. that they're all in. And it just walks straight through this domed building, yeah. almost stepping on them. Yeah. I'm surprised no one dies. And and then they're like, well, it's out of control. Uh, like, and Misato's oh no. like, you have to shut it down. He's like, we can't. Yeah. Uh, and he goes, what's going to happen? He goes, it's probably going to We're just going to wait for it to stop. And she's like, what will happen first? A stop or a meltdown? He's like, probably a meltdown. So it's basically, <laughs> it's, there's going to be a nuclear explosion. It's yeah. just going to detonate. And then someone says, it's heading straight for Akagi or Ka- Akami or Which something. Which I guess is a city. Yeah, I, I think, or town. Yeah. Uh, so either way, there's going to be some innocent, some yeah. serious innocent casualties. And Jet Alone starts kind of running. Yeah, it is sort of floppy, it's got kind adorable of loping gait. kind yeah. of uh, swing. So and yeah, so then Misato says, "Well, look, I'm uh, I'm taking responsibility for this. Yeah, um, I need uh, the, the, sh- the password. Yeah, for the g- shutdown. Give me the shutdown password." He's like, "I don't have the authority to give you that." <laughs> and he's like, "Say, I want to give it to you. I really do, but I I, can't, I don't have the authority." So he calls someone, and it, it cuts to uh, someone picking up the phone in an office, seemingly miles away. Yeah, um, in Tokyo too. Apparently, yes, it says it, doesn't it? Yeah. And then he goes, oh, well, I, I, uh, I need to pass that on to Fujiwara or whatever. 
And that cuts to... A smash cut to a golf course. Yeah. And a, a guy just... Tonk, tonk. Hitting a ball and goes, oh, I, I couldn't possibly give... On the mobile phone. Oh, yeah. I can't do this over the phone. Uh, you need to talk to Mr. Wilkes. And yeah. <laughs> it cuts again. And it's, a, it's legitimately a very funny scene. You have red tape and business. Yeah, because yeah. like, no one in government can give the, the authority to turn it off. And I think it cuts to Masato for a second. She just goes, oh, the passing of responsibility. Yeah, no one will take responsibility <laughs> for this. Yeah. So um, she all like the technicians even though they work for this private company, are suddenly on board. And they're like, well, look, we need to shut it down. Yeah. And they're like, uh, she's like, well, great, I will, I will manually get on board it. Yeah. And we and uh, the director goes, okay, I'll give you, the password is hope. Yeah. Okay. I, I believe in that this is the right thing to do. So here's the password. Yeah. Yeah. Cut to? Cut to unit one. Yes. In a plane. Which is cool. Yes. Uh, sort of lying down with its feet sort of sticking out the back end of the plane. Uh, it's being obviously transported. It's kind of cool. The plane is kind of hollow. Yeah. And it kind of like clips around it. Yeah. I think we've seen it before, if I remember rightly. I'm trying to work it out now. Uh, or maybe we see it later. I think we might see it later with a transport unit yeah. too. I don't know. Anyway, yes, it is kind of cool. It's obviously a plane designed specifically for transporting the unit. Um, and we see uh, Ritsuko and Misato oh, talking. Of course, yes. Yeah, sorry, yeah. you're right. Because Misato has to get changed into a special radiation suit because yes. the inside of Jet Alone is radioactive. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Ritsuko's like, what are, you, what are you doing? Yeah, why are you doing this? This is stupid. And and it's it's weird because Ritsuko seems to be blocking an obviously heroic and necessary move to to save the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Misato's like, well, if I don't do it, everyone's going to die. And Ritsuko seems to be weirdly in the way of that. Anyway, yes, then cut to the plane. Yes. Shinji's there. Uh, Misato and Shinji are talking. Yeah. Um, and she basically just outlines the plan. Basically, like, uh, you have to get me on board Jet Alone. Yep. And then slow it down. Yeah. Essentially. In the meantime, I'll be inside and I'll enter the password and shut it down and everything's hunky dory. Yeah. And like Shinji's like, is that not like, and he doesn't freak out or anything. He's like, is that not like really dangerous? But he's really worried about her. Yeah. And it, yeah. But, but it's but it's interesting because it's like, he has a legitimate concern. Yeah. And she says, well, yeah, but we don't have a choice. Yeah. And then he follows her. Follows her lead. Yeah. And so he, uh, she positions herself in the sort of semi-closed hand of unit one which is between insane. the fingers yeah. utterly insane and then they launch unit one out the back of the plane yeah. which does this awesome sliding landing and then starts sprinting to catch up with Jetalone <laughs> which is oddly hilarious in its way because you yeah. just get like parallel to the camera like utterly in profile like Jetalone at one side of the screen and then like and for some reason there is a massive handle yeah a Evangelion hand sized handle on the back of Jetalone which Shinji uses unit one's hand to grab onto and sort of pull it back to slow it down. It's a yeah. bit like grabbing someone by their boxes to stop yeah. them running and away. And Jet Alone isn't smart. It's just running. No, it's has literally no... just, yeah. And then he he hands Masato, Masato over, kind of like drops her onto the, the top back. of Jet yeah. Alone. And after a little tumble and nearly falling to her death, yeah. uh, she goes inside and enters yes. Jet Alone. And, uh, you know, everything is red lights blah, inside. Blah, blah. There's like a kind of heat haze. You can tell there's like radi- a lot of radiation in there. Yeah. And, uh, and so basically, uh, externally, Shinji is... He's now around the front of Jetalone. Just just basically putting his hand on its face just yes, to like, stop, stop it running. And then, like, steam is starting to, like, burst, burst out. out of like, seams, sec- yeah. Yeah, and then, like, Shinji's, like, putting his hands over <laughs> Over the burst. But, like, it doesn't matter, Shinji. That's not important. <laughs> no, just, just stop it. <laughs> but still quite effective. For, yeah. Like, he's actually, you he's, know. He's doing something. And he's uh, obviously very, like, uh, you know, stakes are high at this point. The music's up and, and every, everyone is concerned. Yeah. Um, we cut to inside and Misato uh, activates the monitor and it says password. Yes. And she puts in hope and she presses enter and it goes, error. Mm. And she's like, what? And you're like, what? And then she does it again, error. Mm. And at which point she goes, uh, oh, 
it's Some, yeah it's been meddled with something's or, up here yeah, yeah basically it's not right um and so she resorts to trying to um manually push the, the sort of um the carbon rods carbon rods back in yeah yeah in order to stop the reaction um, and she's pushing all of them out against one. And there seems to be like 30 in this room. This yeah. is, it's a tiny little room. It's inside Jetalone. You know, and it's really futile. And you see back at the control center, like yeah, they're going like, like, oh, we're... Nine seconds from critical... Like, yeah, it's yeah. going to blow. It's going to blow. Yeah. And, and Shinji's it... like, Misato, Misato. And it's like, and she's pushing one rod and she's making immensely slow progress with it. And it comes to the point where we're a second away from detonation. And suddenly the room goes green and all the rods slide in by themselves, yes. making Misato fall to the ground because, of course, she was pushing all the weight against one of them. And the screen goes... Everything's okay, and Jetalone stops. Yeah, and Jetalone, all the external rogs go yeah, in, come back in, and it just sinks to its knees. Yeah, and Shinji's a bit like, uh, what? What? And everyone goes, hey, she did it! She did it! Mm. And Ritsuko is back there at the command centre, and she's just like, whatever. She does have that fool. Yeah, something like something that. Something like, like that. that, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then like, uh, Miss, and then uh, Shinji's like calling Misato on the radio. It's like, are you okay? Are you, you okay? okay? Are you okay? And uh, she's like, yeah, yeah, I'm a bit, I'm a bit, you know, whew, a bit roughed up, but I'm okay. And, like, and, and Shinji's, I thought he was going to cry, but he doesn't. He, he actually just goes, this is amazing. You're, you're, you're incredible. Okay. Like, yeah. he, uh, he really cares that she's all right. And she goes like, yeah, I'm good. I mean, you got like this little, she talks to herself and she goes like, that, you know. Yeah. I can't remember what she said, but she says something like, this is odd. Like, yeah, it's a miracle that it, it deactivated exactly the right time. Um, yeah. She basically says someone has sabotaged it. Yeah. Uh, and, that, and that it was always going to stop at this point, yeah, regardless of whether she was there. Because everybody thinks she saved the day, but, but she's she like, she hasn't. Didn't. Like, this was automatically set to exactly. turn off. Yeah. And uh, I'm trying to remember whether we. Do we then cut back to Nerve or back to the apartment? Uh, I think we cut back to Nerve then. Yes, you're right, actually. Yes. We do. Yeah. Oh, and then we're back in Gendo's, Gendo's office. office. And it's just silhouettes, but we know that Ritsuko and Gendo are there. Yeah, and there's like another guy in a suit yes. for some reason. Yeah. And she says something to the effect of everything went according to, to plan, plan, with the exception of, of Masato's interference. Yes. Yes, which right. means that was never the plan. It was never necessary. And Ritsuko was privy to the information about the sabotage. So, without outright saying it, I believe we are led to assume. That Nerve intentionally sabotaged Jetalone yeah. to uh, shut down a project, which a rival have, project, a rival project, which could have taken funding away from them, ensuring also that America would fully fund uh, the rest of the yes, um, Evangelion. which of course raises some very interesting questions because you could say that although Nerve is a very effective weapon against the Angels, mm. surely the more weapons, the better. You'd think so. Surely this benefits everyone. So why is it yeah. that they're so keen to make it only Nerve that are in charge yeah. of it? Yeah. Very interesting. Very good point. They come yeah. across as very sinister. They do. Yeah. Which is another playing into the classic sinisterism of them. And then final scene, back to the apartment. We reuse some animation yet again. Yep. So Shinji and Penpen again eating Penpen with a fish, Shinji with some toast. The door slides open and this time... It's Misato in a classic slobby outfit. And she slams back a beer. In the exact same animation, which means we've now seen it four times. Four times. It's the only it's the only low point of this episode. Four times. But again, it is played as as part of her slobby nature. And it's, it's played, better it's in this episode than it was in the first instance in which we saw it. Absolutely. Shinji has the most amazing deadpan look on his face. It's Ugh. actually it's actually quite funny. It is. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> his <laughs> friends arrive at the door uh, and they're like, ooh. And he's like, no, no, we're going, no, we're out of here. <laughs> and uh, and then they're walking to school. Yes, and they're walking down the road, and uh, they're sort of singing Misato's praises. Oh, isn't it'd be so amazing to live with a girl like that, kind of thing. And he goes, well, you guys don't know how much of a slob. This is the first time he really properly says how embarrassed he is of her most of the time and how slobby she is. But then they say, 
He just doesn't get it, does he? Shinji. Shinji. You're missing the point. Because the point is, and this is quite lovely, is that you see a side of her she shows no one else, which means she considers you family, which is really rather nice. And Shinji smiles. He does. So it ends with Shinji smiling. And the episode ends. Yeah. I mean, what a good ending that is. It's, it's a well-rounded, well-polished story object. It's incredible. Yeah. Actual character development. <laughs> it's, it's wonderful. Yeah. It's genuinely wonderful. I Makes had worthwhile. forgotten how good this episode is. Yeah. In an episode where we don't see a single angel. True, actually. Very true. And yeah. we don't see a lot... We do get action, which is good. Yes. But but yeah, not angel-related. And we don't get a lot of um, Shinji. Shinji. Really? No, no. Uh, just in general, like it's more about that's Masato. true. It is about Masato. You're and right, when Shinji is yeah. used, he's used effectively. Yeah, yeah. This is a really strong episode. Yeah. I, I liked it a hell of a lot. I'd yeah. forgotten how good it was. Absolutely. Yeah, it's up there. <laughs> I think so. It's yeah. absolutely up there. Well, um, as I say, I remember now that it was one that I went back to, and this is why. Obviously, yeah. like good storytelling prevails. It's also I forgot one one very throwaway moment, which I've got from the start of the episode, is when Shinji leaves the apartment the first time. Masato says, how ironic, like he's finally speaking his mind and now he's he's speaking his mind to put me down. Uh, yeah. Gets up, picks up the phone and just says, yeah, he's left the house. Uh, please keep an eye on him. Yes. And, and that shows two things. One, that she cares. And two, that there are indeed government agents always watching him. Yeah. Yeah. It's Little really attention to detail. I know. It's And it's so weird for, like, for an episode which you could argue is not ultimately connected to the greater mythos because you don't have an angel. No. It actually does a lot more to humanise the characters and build the world. I've got to say, I feel like, uh, especially just that, you, you make a good point, that throwaway phone call that she makes. It um, we've, done, we've done the whole show potentially a disservice by assuming in the, in the earlier episodes when he's being beaten up in the playground uh, that they weren't there. Mm. Um, you know, we shouldn't judge really these shows until you've seen them as a whole because of course Hideaki Anno was waiting to reveal the fact that there was a surveillance team mm. on him all the time in later episodes so there may be moments where we have to eat our words and eat our hats and I'm willing to do that I think it's interesting though. I think if the earlier episodes had generally just been a bit better yeah then we would have forgiven we it. would have forgiven these plot holes it's only when yeah, you're like we were picking on them we were like there's no the characters are inconsistent I'm not they seem weird and alien and I don't really care about them and you're kind of like yeah that's when you think Mistakes beget mistakes. Without that to carry it, yeah. I am more sceptical. You're and absolutely I will right. just be a nitpicking sod. If we love slash like something, yeah. we're going to be easier on it, obviously. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, still, I think it's worth saying that, that this is a journey that we're on and there's going to be moments maybe where, where later episodes do sort of sort out the sins of maybe earlier ones. And yeah. This is a case of that. It's crazy. It's like, yeah. it feels like a show hitting its stride. Yeah, it does actually. It's a strong episode. Uh I wonder, like, I, I, I'm genuinely curious now. I don't know what the writing process is for, uh, you know, an anime of this nature. Like, if it was something like, uh, an example I might think of is uh, the American TV series Fringe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Which, uh, I, I've only seen the first two seasons. But right. I, I, actually, it's quite a good comparison because it's got a good opening couple of episodes. Yeah. Then kind of falls by the wayside and then kind of wobbles for the longest time. <laughs> and you're kind of thinking, like, what is this about? Much. Like, mm. it's a series with a big mythos, yeah, like yeah. Evangelion. But where is it? Like, I'm not seeing where it. I have no idea what's going on. I and mean, then it's only when you get to a point and you get a good, a really good couple of episodes and you're like, <sighs> and you're suddenly like, oh, that's what it's about. And with those shows, like those American shows, you'd have, like, 20-odd different writers. Like, they just True. bring in different people. And I wonder... 
if it's anything like that, did they just have one very good writer who mm. came in for this episode? I don't wonder, know. Haven't you? It's yeah. like it's like Doctor. It's not the same as Doctor Who, um, which is a show that I have completely fallen out of love with. Mm. But um, but certainly, like uh, they would almost have different writers on different episodes mm. because a lot of Doctor Who episodes are more standalone, mm-hmm. um, and there would be these shining episodes, mm. and it would be like ah, it's this one writer, and it was very clear that it was his fingerprint on it, and then the next episode would go back to whoever or whatever yeah. usual writing team it was and it would be the dross that we've come to get used to unfortunately with that but yeah it's interesting how you know maybe you're right maybe there was some star writer we'll have to we'll have to do this. some research we will actually, actually look it up yeah, yeah. get back to you on it because i know like you do get in anime these more more kind of like um visionary direct yeah. or like you creators know, yeah, yeah like yeah. It, it's very much in, informed by their vision but it's like well do they write the whole thing yeah or do they kind of direct and champion and kind of... I get this feeling like I, I sort of treat Hideaki Anno in my head as the Hideo Kojima of <laughs> yeah. anime. Do you know what I yes, mean? Like yeah. he, is, he is considered by those who work alongside him as a genius. But what he makes is practically impenetrable mm. by everyone. And very divisive. And, and therefore, because it's so impenetrable and so confusing and weird... Everyone goes, well, because I don't understand it, it must be because it's a genius work of art. Yes. Like, it's not because it's badly constructed. Yeah, I know. It's because I don't get it because I'm stupid and mm-hmm. he's a genius. Yeah. And I think that's how people treat Anno as well. I don't know, but I get that feeling in my head that that's the kind of genius he is. Because I think on some level he's a genius. Yeah. He, he made something we love. No, no, I think I think he probably is a genius. Yeah. But, you know, it's a very, it's a very fine line, isn't it, between it really kind is. of genius and madness. And madness. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's so weird. Like, I guess we wouldn't be here doing this podcast uh, no if there course. wasn't something we have watched countless animes in full mm-hmm. and yet our first and you know potentially significant podcast has been about evangelion yeah why is that you know there must be something yeah well i gotta say i thoroughly enjoyed this episode Strong and i very much enjoyed talking about it i yeah i don't know if there's much more to say it's kind no, of it's like think... short and sweet let's yeah let's get to or... impact and shinji rating no i have some pretty uh out there concepts yeah what did we rate the movie the movie was nine and a half. Oh wow for impact right and i think uh two for shinji shinjism yeah okay yeah this is tough uh, okay. Uh, well, I have an answer, but I almost were. Well, maybe you'll balance it out. I don't know. Okay. Well, I have an answer for impact. Okay. I have an answer for impact. Okay. Do you want to go first? I'll go first. Okay. 10. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was going to say nine. Okay. So, um, my reasoning for it was, is that although I think it was a great episode and well put together, um, I feel like the movie still maybe has an edge mm. just because of the stakes. Yeah. And the sort of, um, the sort of raising of yeah. the... There was more action. There was yeah. more danger. No, and I was really... Uh, no, and I agree entirely that I think the movie is ultimately better. Sure. The, the, the odd reason why I might give this a higher rating is that I felt like, in terms of like achieving different things... Okay. I felt that like for a 22-minute episode... Very true. ...of Evangelion, I think this was almost almost like a perfect episode. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Agree with um, that. Well, I'm happy to call it 9.5 again. Yeah, no, no, I'm happy to... I'm happy to split the difference like we yeah. did last time because as you say it's as good but in a different way yeah I think that's a good way of putting it yeah so okay impact 9.5 yeah cool and shinginess now shinginess. this is interesting because mm. uh, shinginess is a very subtle scale yes because it it, it's not necessarily good or bad it's just kind of how shin, how much shinji is shinji like, yes exactly and shinji very... is an abstract concept that we've come up with which defines a certain character trait, mm. which is basically wet blanket, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, really. Maybe, and also maybe what we were expecting. Yeah, which has we've been on many ways 
disproved. Yeah, very surprised by that. Uh, I think I have a number. I have a number. Okay, I'm going to go first. I'm going to say one. I'm going to say zero. Oh, excellent. Well, we both went for less shinginess than yeah, the movie, which I'm, I'm glad about. And which is why I, I was very wary about my scoring, because it's pretty extreme to go for 10 and zero. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I really, I felt this was an episode of extremes. He, uh, he behaves more like an ordinary human being. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave him one because I think that just by being Shinji, he has to have a base level. There, of there is a base level. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's a very, that's a very good point. Um, if you're happy to split the difference and go half. I, yeah. That's, as, as always. Yeah. Let's do it. You see, my reasoning for the zero was while he's still, you know, upper T. And who he is. Yeah. yeah. It is played with a humanity and comedy, mm-hmm. which we don't see in any I agree with other that. things. And like when Shinji's moping in episode four, we just want to walk out the door. It's just horrible. Don't. Yeah. But like in this, it's like, it's funny. I don't think he ever really mopes in this episode at all. No. No. I mean, I think the, the only thing you could call Shinjiness is his embarrassment yeah. towards Misato's sloviness. That's really the but only thing. But he has a lot thing. of backbone. Yeah. He's he does. like, you're a slob. You're an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. It's like we're she's not- nearly twice his age and he still says that to her, you know. We're a regular odd couple. <laughs> it's great. 0.5 then on Shinji. Yeah, 0.5 on Shinji and 9.5 on Impact. So a pretty strong... And actually, if you consider the relationship between those two numbers, mm. this is the highest scoring episode. Because if we gave yes. the film two for Shinji, mm. which I believe we did. Yes, we did, yeah. Yeah. Then a lower... If it's got the same Impact score, but a lower Shinji score, then that must mean on some level it's better. Well, it's interesting because I think that's why... Uh, uh, Shinginess is a, is a subtler. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily impact the quality of the. It's episode. a different flavor because I know, for example, where the series is going, we might get episodes which are brilliant, yeah. but might also be quite high Shinji. High Shinji levels. You're absolutely right. Yeah. yeah, and in fact, I kind of look forward to seeing how these scales might start to change that because their relationship yeah. so far has been high impact, low Shinji. Usually, yeah. uh, I wonder if that will remain to be the case. Yeah, it's interesting because I think in the movie and this episode, it's it's, it's, it's odd in a way. It's almost like. Um, if we get to the end of the series, when we do a greatest hits moment, <laughs> I'm always thinking like, if you were to introduce Evangelion to someone, I think definitely the movie. Yeah. And definitely this episode. Like. Yeah, I think what might be fun to do at the very end is to, as you say, like greatest hits, are you thinking like, what are the best episodes? Mm. What are the best Evangelion moments? Yeah. Um, and yeah, what would be the top three episodes that you would say, watch these yeah. before you have to put up with the crap at the beginning. Yeah. You know, because I would argue that if I was going to show someone Evangelion for the first time ever, and let's let's be let's be brutal here and let's make it someone who hasn't even watched anime before, mm-hmm. there's no way I could start at the beginning. There's just no way at all. No. I would have to show them something later on to go, this is how cool it is. Maybe give them a little chat while we're watching it about, oh, that's who that is, that's what that is kind of thing. But I would never start at the beginning because I just don't think they'd get through it. Mm-hmm. So what? Let, it'd be great to do at the end. Like, what are those episodes that we would show people yeah. to introduce them? Yeah, we should do that. Yeah, yeah absolutely, good idea. Well, look, should we call it a day? Yep, yeah, I'm happy with that. Well, I've got. Um, I'm, I'm almost not sure if our sign off is is adequate, really, yeah. <laughs> uh, given how. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah. how about this then? Yeah. So if, if we've said everything we want to say, we have. So, um, oh, I guess before we go, we should mention. Uh, we have a Patreon. Yes, newly updated. Yes. Freshened up Patreon. It's yeah. never looked better. It hasn't. Because uh, we do uh, a whole lot of stuff as Big Punch Studios. Yeah, these podcasts really are just the tip of the iceberg in terms of what we do. Yeah, this is very much like what we do when we're not making comics and games. And, uh, you know, if you love what we do, we would be honoured if you would support us on Patreon. Yeah, we have, we have um, tiers. We have a $1 tier. 
which is what we refer to as our supporters tier. And, you know, it's it's support from things like that that allow us to do things like pay our creators, uh, our collaborators that we work with on our comics and to and to and to help us get our books printed and all this kind of stuff that, you know, all we want to do is just get our stories out and, and tell these stories and, and, and make the things that we love to make. But sadly, money often gets in the way of that. Mm-hmm. So the people who already support us on Patreon, we, we're just so grateful to them because like they really help. It, mm-hmm. This really, really helps. And we could do more podcasts we could make more comics and all sorts of stuff with your incredible support and and it, literally one dollar sounds like nothing but it really isn't because it you would know, make yeah all the difference if 10 us. of you do it it's ten dollars so and, and <laughs> you know nick nick nick's done some absolutely wonderful work making the kickstarter new and shiny uh not the kickstarter the patreon, patreon sorry yeah. and it's like if you like what we do please do consider looking at the patreon because there's a whole host of rewards you know if it's not just for podcasts if you want to you know get rewards for our comics and, and magazines. You can get a copy of Extraversal Sentidor every three months, like an actual physical comic. Yeah. I'm waffling, but please just check it out, see what you like, and yeah. thank you for all your incredible support in following the podcast and everything we do. Oh, and most importantly, if you do back us uh, for $1 on Patreon, you will receive access to the Punch Cask, which is a yes. very exclusive podcast, which we record only for our patrons. That's true. Yes, a podcast only, only for patrons. So obviously, the one you're listening to now, um, we put out through through YouTube, through SoundCloud. Is it we put it out? Yes, SoundCloud. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and all good Patreon channels, uh, not Patreon uh, podcast channels. But Punch Cast is very exclusive, and we talk a lot about the behind the scenes of what we're up to, uh, stuff that we're enjoying, watching, playing, uh, and just you just get a feel for the whole Big Punch crew because, of course, Ali. And Lucy joining on that. Indeed, as well. indeed. So, so yeah. So, um, obviously, thank you very much for listening. Anyway, yes, and thank you for letting us uh, be uh, shameless shills <laughs> at the end there. But uh, yeah, we hope you enjoyed uh, this episode of Nick and John's This Evangelion. We're mm-hmm. going to be back in a couple of weeks Absolutely. doing another episode, and well, I think we can guess what's coming in that episode. I think so this time. We yeah. have to be right this time. We have to be. So, uh, I've been John. I've been Nick. And uh, until next time, folks. Remember, however bad your life may be, you could always be jet alone. <laughs> <laughs>